Welcome back. You're watching Traders Corner and joining me as always is Garth McKenzie, founder and editor of Traders Corner. Garth, welcome. Hi, Julieta. Garth, it's been quite a busy week for the portfolio, which you'll sketch out in a moment. But I know that you want to start off looking at charts of the S&P 500 and the top 40, both which are looking somewhat precarious. A little bit, yeah. I'm going to start with the S&P 500 and just show what we look at here. Um, a little while back, towards the beginning of February, uh, viewers might recall that I, I said after the market had had that big crack, in the, in the beginning of February, what does quite often happen is you get a rally and then you get another leg to the downside. And it seems that that's exactly what has actually happened now. You can see there that was the big sell-off in early February. We've had a what, what to me starts to look a bit like a rising wedge type of pattern that played out through late February and into the middle of March. And then we've had this big break out the bottom of that structure. Now it's gone down, it's retested the 200-day moving average again. You can see that's that red line at the bottom. So in February it went to the 200-day moving average, it bounced off that. It's gone back and retested the 200-day moving average again now. And then, then we had a fairly significant bounce overnight in the US. But what's interesting to note is that there is this gap in the chart at 2700 on the S&P 500. I suspect that that gap could be targeted now on this next rally. Mm -hmm. And then from there we see what happens. Okay. Uh, but mm -hmm. it does begin to look a bit precarious. What's notable here is the fact that the 50-day moving average has begun to turn south and that's the first time that this has happened since late 2016. Hmm. It's been about 18 months since the S&P, uh, the moving average on this index was pointing downwards. So that, that is interesting. And I always look at the 50-day moving average as a medium-term indicator of, um, of medium-term momentum or trend. Yeah. And the fact that it's now turned over is, is, is interesting. And also, if we just take a look at a slightly longer-term view of the S&P 500. Now, this is looking back over two years on this chart over here. You can see how linear that move to the upside was in 2017. And then we had that very aggressive rally in January this year. And that looked and felt like a blow-off type of move yeah. on this rally before the big crack came. And you can quite clearly see over there that volatility has really, really picked up substantially this year. Uh, it's much higher than what it was last year, the, the volatility. Thankfully for traders. Yeah, thankfully for traders. Um, but you know where we see 40, 50 point moves in a, in a session on the S&P 500 now quite common, quite often, we never saw anything like that the whole of last year. Mm -hmm. I mean, last year if the S&P 500 moved 10 points in a range on an, on an intraday basis, that was a lot. And, and just a point to note is that often markets do begin to become a lot more volatile around tops. So yeah. I think it's important to note that. Um, that this volatility should not be ignored. And, and I, I, I do still you know, have my concerns about where this bull market is in the overall cycle of things, generally speaking. Yeah, well, it's certainly long in the tooth. It is. Um, Garth, what about the top 40? I know you want to have a quick look at that. Yeah, so chart. our top 40 also has been weak of, of late. Um, you know, the 49,000 level, and this is, by the way, the spot index that I'm looking at. Yeah, it's not the top 40 future, it's the top 40 spot. 49,000 is strong lateral support. You can see it tested that in early February. It got close now on this recent sell-off and it seems to be moving up today. But again, notice your 50-day moving average over here is now pointing downwards and this market's made lower highs on the last couple of attempts to rally. So it's not looking that great. Uh, it's, it's certainly not a bullish looking chart to my mind. It's, it's, it's a little bit precarious as things stand. I mean, I think in the very near term, we probably do bounce here. But looking further out than that, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm 
cautious, I guess. Mm, okay, so let's talk about some, so that's a sort of bigger picture. Mm. Um, some of the recent trading activity, first round you went long of, mm. um, and you've closed out that trade. I have, yeah. I went long about two weeks ago for the show. You can see what I liked was this upward sloping channel that was evident over there, and the, pr the price reversed off that channel low, uh, and off the 50-day moving average as well. There was also what we call positive reverse divergence on the stochastic oscillator over here. So we went long uh, at 67.97, and I was looking for a move up to 72 here to bank profits. Now it got close, didn't quite get to the target. It fell short by about 40 or 50 cents, and then it made that uh, that bearish candle last week. Uh, I think that was last week, Thursday, if I'm not wrong, and 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 that concerned me a little bit. The fact that it w w it looked, it just had the look of wanting to take another leg to the downside. Mm. So I've I've gone and exited that trade. Um, at okay. 70 rand and 80 cents, okay, into this little bounce that we saw yesterday. And that allows us to effectively make a profit of 2,909 rand. So I'm happy to have taken that profit. Um, it, it, the setup there does concern me a little bit. It just has the feeling of looking like it might want to take another leg south. So I'm happy to be out. Uh, because initially it was 72 as an initial target and possibly even 75. Yeah. We're heading back to the top of that yeah. trading channel. Yeah. Um, what, what I'm finding in this market is you can't be too greedy in terms of where you want your price to go. Um, you need to be taking the profits fairly quickly. And, and I'm, you know, I always like to try and achieve a, a, a one to three risk reward ratio on the trades that we do on this show. And I, I kind of can see that that's not going to be easy to do, not in this kind of environment right now. Yeah. What about ShopRite? That was last week's trade. Yeah. Um, or, or you entered a long position there. Um, what's yeah. happening? So it's, it got off to a very good start. I mean, here's one that possibly I also should have taken the cue to cut the trade early and bank a profit while we had it. But it's, uh, I'm still in it for the time being. So th th what got me into the trade was that Again, it's in an upward sloping channel. It was a very, very similar setup to the first round graph, actually. It bounced off at the bottom of that channel, uh, made a nice reversal pattern there. Also, off the 50-day moving average, it bounced off that. And it began to move higher. So we went long at 254 rand and 52 cents, looking for a move up to 270. Now, it got up to about 265 last week on, uh, on Thursday. And then it's turned quite sharply south that afternoon. It's come back, it's actually retested the recent low, so, and, and it's up again today. So I haven't closed this trade, I'm okay. still in it. It looks to me as if we could be forming a bit of a double bottom here at, at around about the 250 area. And I, I hope that is the case and that it does have another bounce to the upside from here and that perhaps we do get it moving up towards our target level. But I think again, this is an example of where Perhaps I should have actually just banked the profit, albeit that it didn't get to our target level. Mm. It got relatively close uh, because now we sit in a situation where it's trading back more or less where we entered the trade. Yeah, although it's not flirting with your stop loss yet. So no, it's not. It's, it's, it's not flirting with the stop loss, and that is still fine for the time being. But it would be a shame if it were to go and trigger our stop loss, knowing that we were you know, two-thirds of the way towards our ultimate profit objection uh, last week Thursday. Yeah. But it is what it is and this is the kind of market environment we're dealing with at the moment. And as I said, it is an environment where I think you probably need to be banking your profits fairly quickly because if you don't, they can vanish quite quickly as well. Yeah. Now Garth, um, a lot of activity this year has so far been in the local portfolio, but you're doing more in the offshore portfolio. In, well, in fact, you cashed in um, the, the a, a, an ETF p a trade that you had yeah. uh, recently. 
but you're looking eyeing um, another ETF yes. at the moment. Yeah, that's right. This is this theme that I've spoken about a couple of times this year where we look at the U.S. bond market. And if you're of the view that U.S. bond yields are rising and going to continue to rise this year, which I certainly am, and I think I'm in fairly good company <laughs> with, with that view, um, what that means is that if bond yields rise, then bond prices fall. And there's talk that the 35-year bond bull market in the U.S. is coming to an end and that we may be starting the beginning of a, of a bear market in bonds. And if that's the case, then you want to be effectively short bonds if you have that view. Now, this is an inverted ETF, very similar to the one we traded mm. previously, but this is actually a different one. Um, this is called the ProShares Short 20-Year Treasury ETF. So what it means is that if bond yields rise, then the price of this thing rises. Effectively, this ETF okay. works inversely to the bond price. So if yep. bond prices fall, bond yields rise, then this ETF will go up in value. Now, it looks technically almost identical to that previous ETF that we spoke about on a couple of shows back. Uh, what has got my interest and what I'm going to be keeping an eye on now for, uh, for the week ahead is to monitor this uh, ETF around about the bottom of this flag structure, if you look there, you can see it's been consolidating into this bull flag pattern over the last five or six weeks. I think if it comes down here to around about $22.80, maybe $22.60, if it falls into this zone between the 50% and the 61.8% retracement and it reverses up from there, then I would potentially look to buy back in again. Okay. And this is along the theme of uh, you know, continuing with the view that we, we bearish on bonds, looking out for the rest of the year, and if we see these types of opportunities where an ETF like this pulls back in value, I'd see that as a potential opportunity to buy it. It's also not an, a leveraged ETF, which is what the you were worried about with the other one. Yeah, right? that's it. The last ETF we did had a three times leverage on it. So it's a lot more exciting and a lot more racy, but obviously the extra leverage carries extra risk. Um, this is a one times leveraged ETF. So if you want to play the bond market and you want to play this yield story that I've been outlining now, this is probably a slightly safer okay. one. It's not going to, you know, it's not going to blow your hair back with <laughs> massive moves, but it's probably going to be safer, and and that's why I think I'll be keeping an eye on this one rather this week instead of the one we looked at previously. Okay, so that's um, something to watch, mm -hmm. and then the charts uh, that you're really going to hone in on this week is Tesla. Yeah, it's not a stock we've ever looked at on the show before, uh, but it's a very exciting share. Although could it be exciting for the wrong reasons? Well, it is a very exciting share. Obviously, Tesla. Uh, I think South Africans have a, an affinity towards this company because it's a company of Elon Musk our guy from Pretoria Boys High School who's gone to the US and he's conquered the world with Tesla and SpaceX and SolarCity and PayPal and he's you know, an incredible guy. But Tesla is, is an exciting business mainly because of its electric vehicle uh, manufacturing operation. They also do batteries and a variety of other things. But it's at a very interesting junction right now. Mm -hmm. I, I want to almost say it's at a bit of a make or break point. And the reason I say that is if you look, I'm going to talk about the chart quickly and then we'll talk about some of the fundamentals. But the chart structure, this is a weekly chart now going back over the last two years. What's evident here is that you've got a pattern where you've got this lateral support at $300 and then you've got this pattern of falling highs. Now, I mean, I don't want to compare it to Abel or Steinolf, but just, be <laughs> no, but just yeah. note that this type of chart pattern was evident on African Bank before it collapsed and it was also evident on Steinhoff before it collapsed. And, and, and from a dynamic between buyers and sellers, what it's telling you is that every time the price tries to rally, it makes a lower high. Sellers are coming in at the higher levels 
and eventually the, the higher probability here is actually that you end up with this thing breaking out the bottom of that pattern. In other words, a break to the downside, which could where be the sellers prevail. Basically. Yeah, where sellers prevail effectively. So that's I mean technically, and you can say what you like about technicals, but let's let's also talk about the fundamentals. This company is massively expensive on its valuation, which it should be. Any growth company will be expensive, but this one is like eye-wateringly expensive. Um, it's hugely indebted, and they are burning through cash at a massive rate. Now, a lot right now hinges on the launch, not the launch, but the production of the Model 3. This is their mid-sized electric vehicle. It's kind of like, a, like the size of a BMW 3 Series, that mm. kind of a car. And it's supposed to be more accessible to the masses. They want it to retail at $35,000. But they've got very ambitious production targets. They're looking to try and, uh, try and produce 5,000 of these cars per week. And at the moment, they're nowhere near that number. Mm. And, um, and they keep on pushing the production deadline out all the time. In the meantime, the company's burning through cash at a hell of a rate. Also, recently, we've seen some fairly senior executives leave the company, mainly executives in the financial space within the company. Um, and one's got to ask, why would people be jumping ship? especially executives at that high level if, the, if, if they think that this company is really going places. So I mean, I'm, I'm just talking about it this week. We're not doing a trade, but yeah. I think it's interesting. And it's certainly something that I'm watching very closely okay. for myself and, and, and potentially for this portfolio as well. If you really forced me, I actually, I'm concerned that this price is going to break to the downside below the bottom of that pattern. And I think you're going to see the stock take a fairly se serious move to the downside. It, it, at some stage this year, it does concern me, and fundamentally, I, I think that that story does kind of talk to the, what we're seeing in the chart here as well. And I wonder if the catalyst might be a capital raise. I don't know if that would be counterintuitive, but that's actually what they should have done well, when the shares were at their peak, yeah. instead of going to the market to raise all the debt. Well, well, that's right. Thought. But I, I think that's also what a lot of analysts are saying is that they just—it's not sustainable the way things are going. They've got too much debt, so they're either going to need to go and raise more equity or somehow get more debt. But I don't know that that's going to be well received either. Yeah. So it puts them in a fairly precarious position. Yeah. Okay. So there's something very interesting to watch. Very quickly to wrap up, what do the portfolios look like? All right. So not much change uh, this week. Our South African portfolio is up almost 10% for the year to date. So doing well there. You can see the profit on first round that we spoke about, and then Shoprite. We are slightly on the right side of that trade, and then our offshore portfolio remains as it has been. It's uh, up 3.2% for the year to date. No new trades on that portfolio for this week. Yeah. Garth, we have to leave it there. Thanks as always for joining us. Garth McKenzie is founder and editor of Traders Corner.